sometimes life happens. We see you. And you feel all alone. We feel you. With nowhere to go. We got you. So many questions unanswered. We understand. Yeah. And you feel like you can't. That's right. But God Rest with your own thoughts. Uh, uh. This is for you. Yeah. When life happens. And it makes Come. you feel like you are. You're off the beat. Off, off the beat. Off the beat. everyone welcome to offbeat podcast and uh today we have uh, another episode that we're going to be bringing to you guys and i'm excited for this one and uh as you guys if you guys been following us for some time now you guys know that we're all about highlighting people's offbeat stories that's what we're all about you know regardless of what walk of life they've come from regardless of what they're doing in their life right now we all have an offbeat story you know what i mean and like i've shared before life is always trying to uh tell us you know that there's only one rhythm you know what i mean but we all know that man we all have our own rhythm especially god god has his own rhythm he's designed us uniquely and so today's episode man is uh you know no exception to that you know she has an off beat story and i'm excited to have her jessica ramirez hello hello. welcome thank you for having me i appreciate it i'm super excited to be here of course of course man it's good to have you here and uh so you know i remember when um uh ruben aka humble beast you know for those that have watched his story um know that he has an amazing amazing story but he kept telling me man i know someone that has an awesome, awesome story, an awesome testimony, man, that it needs to be shared. And I said, well, tell me a little bit more. And he shared with me a little bit. I said, yeah, send me her number, man. Let's get this. (laughs) Let's get this going, because that's what we're about. We're about providing a platform so that people like me, people like you, people like Humble Bees, people like all the people that we've been able to have an interview here can have a platform where they can share their story. So, Jessica, tell us a little bit about you. How was your childhood? Uh, my childhood was definitely different. Um, I grew up with five sisters, um, but I was my dad's son. He never had. Okay. So uh, I was like his right hand all the time. Wherever he was, I was not too far away. Um, but because of that, it definitely led me to have a different lifestyle than okay. my sisters did. Um, I grew up a little bit more rough. I grew up more in the streets. Um, he was, you know part of a gang. And so I kind of ran in that lifestyle. Um, So I was brought up to be tough, his little boy, you know, his daughter, but his boy, you know, don't cry, be strong, push hard. Like you don't let nobody bully you. Like it was just a very different lifestyle for a little girl growing up. I didn't know any better. So. And it's because you had no brothers. No, no brothers. Okay. So. And where did uh where where did you grow up at? Where what city? I grew up in Bloomington. Um, okay. We call it on the Number Street side because there are two sides to Bloomington. Okay. Um, so the Number Street side is usually the rougher side, and then you have the streets with names on the other side of the bridge. So okay. uh, that's where I did most of my <laughs> troubles. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, you know, and so basically, your dad took you on as. Like, you know what, I'm going to invest everything I know. Sounds like everything right. I know, everything I've been through, he 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 really wanted to invest that back into you. Right. Sounds like. So the whole time my mom was pregnant, I was supposed to be a boy. So he was just, you know, excited. Yeah. Um, and uh, it wasn't until I was born. They're like, oh, you have a daughter. 
He's like, are you sure? <laughs> and so my mom had told yeah. me one time that people would see me and my dad together and be like, there he goes with the little boy he never had. You know, I was always fishing. You know, my dad would leave when he was mad at my mom, and I was right there on the truck with him. Like, yeah. it was always me and him side by side. So, yeah, yeah he, he did invest what he knew best to invest in me. So. And then how was your relationship with your mom growing up? It was tough. It was really tough. Um, I don't feel like we really had a relationship. Um, okay. I think she tried the best she could, uh, but sometimes I feel like um, I was a center of an argument all the time. My dad would take me, and then she, you know she'd be chasing after him to get me, or you know, where's Cujo at? That was always it. Where's Cujo at? You know, was that your was that, that a was my for nickname? You? <laughs> yeah, and so um, I think that put strain on us. Yeah, and so it wasn't the best. Gotcha. Um, it's great now. Yeah. <laughs> it is great Since now. Since then, it's kind of yeah, better. Yeah, definitely good, good. so. That's good. So what's uh, one of like, your earliest memories growing up? Uh, my earliest memories? I, I used to love fishing with my dad. That was our thing. Okay. Um, I, that was just, you know, he'd come in the room. The night before, he'd tell me and my sisters, like, I'm only going to say your name one time. If you guys don't get up, you're not going. And he would come in the room and be like, Cujo, wake up. And I'm like, I'm awake. <laughs> Let's go. So I remember just making sandwiches, sitting in the truck, bundled up, drinking coffee or hot chocolate, and just waiting and, and fishing all day with him. You nice. know, he'd be there drinking and I'd be fishing and all the fishermen be watching me and making sure I'd be eating from their lunch pails. <laughs> I walk around the whole lake and everyone would know who I was and I would just be yeah. eating out of there. <laughs> what was uh, one of the you guys' favorite lakes? Uh, we used to go to Guasti, actually. Guasti? Yeah. Where's that by? Off of Archibald in Ontario. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we so spent the, a lot of time there. Is that still a, a popular site? Or yeah. Is it, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I actually worked there for a couple of years, so it was super cool. Oh, nice, <laughs> yeah, nice. Like was, for the parks? Yeah, for parks. The parks and recreations? Yeah. Okay, nice. And what is it that you do now? I actually do work comp for LA City Fire Department. Okay, work comp. Oh, I used to do work comp. <laughs> nice, yeah, yeah. nice. I used to yeah. do work comp for a long time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, Some you either love it or you hate it. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. So let me ask you. So um, because you did mention a little bit earlier that um, you know your your dad was involved in gangs, right? Mm -hmm. Growing up, and was that still something very active even when you were growing up, where you were still seeing and witnessing? Yeah. So um, I did grow up fighting a lot. Um, it was always like, let's go. You know, I was fighting all the time, beating up guys, beating up, you know, just that was my thing. I was just yeah. angry, I guess. Um, I used to sell drugs. I used to, you know, pick up drugs. I mean, in seventh, eighth grade, I was making money. Like, people knew who we were, you know. So you it were was just like. Tw 12, 13 mm -hmm. years old? Yeah. Wow. So um, I started using drugs probably like when I was nine years old. And then I was selling drugs by like 10, 11 years old. Wow. So, yeah. And, and your dad, it's safe to say your dad knew about all this or? I don't think he knew about it directly, but he, he knew. He knew about it. He like knew. Like he didn't know, like he didn't. As I got older, he yeah. knew for sure. Yeah. But it was kind of like, you know, you know, but you don't. Yeah. That kind of thing. We're not going to talk about it, but I know what you're doing. Yeah. And everybody else in the neighborhood knows what you're doing, and they're all watching you, so behave yourself, you know. Yeah. But I was still making a name for who I was because yeah. I was Cujo. I needed to be tough. I needed to represent my who my dad was well yeah. by walking in his image. So yeah. that's what I, I, I did a lot of that growing up, walking yeah. in my dad's image. 
And that's usually, you know, a, a band of honor, you know, for people that, you know, grow up in that lifestyle or around that, you know, mm-hmm. or just just in general. I think kids in general will always look up to to their parents in right. one way or another, you know, and and, um, you know, will try to say, you know, if there's something that they represented, you know, and that child grows up, you know, seeing that or knowing that, knowing about that, you know, they're going to want to also represent that right, well. You right, know? right. And so, and then your dad, like you say, he was still very active. So of course he was still finding out right. easily because he's still around that. People were talking, people Definitely. around the neighborhood. But I wanted to make him proud. Yeah. And I was because people knew yeah. who I was. They knew I was going to fight. They knew that I was going to take care of business, so to say, you yeah. know? And so I felt like in my sisters, he had all girls, but mm-hmm. I was the one that could make him proud yeah. because I could be tough for him. Yeah. And then how was your relationship with your other siblings, with your other sisters? Uh, we were, we, you know, we were sisters. Yeah. We were fighting with each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were just, my, my, sometimes in certain areas, my other sisters were a little bit more sheltered. Um, but again, I think that comes from my mom not really having an option because my dad yeah. was like, no, she's going to go with me. Yeah. Um, but our relationship was good. Um, I don't think it was until he passed away there was a little bit of animosity that, uh, you know, tendered up between us. But for the most part, we got along great. It's all we really had. We, all, we only had each other. My dad yeah. was in the streets and my mom was working. So yeah. we took care of each other. Yeah. You know, from a very young age, we were cooking and cleaning and washing laundry and making sure that, you know, we were all surviving. Yeah. But my mom and dad were night and day. My mom, my dad was on the streets and my mom was very book smart. She was a nurse. She's working all, you know, doing all the work just so that we can have a home while yeah. my dad is kind of doing what he wants, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. And so throughout your childhood, throughout junior high and everything. So now in high school, you know, do things get better or things get worse? So, um, things, kind of get t- tough. So I, I had a baby at a young age. Um, I okay. was uh, I was raped and molested when I was growing up. Um, and then I had a son. So I, I actually um, took my son in, to school with me. I went to Colton High. They had a daycare center there. So I was able to take my son to school with me and I went through high school. But now I had a different... Uh, I was still a mom, but now I still had to prove to people that I was still tough. You know, um, The first time I ever cried was when I was pregnant my dad was like oh my gosh like I'm realizing you're you're a girl because you're crying so now I'm dealing with these emotions of like I'm kind of soft inside but I'm struggling with the fact that I'm not supposed to be soft I'm supposed to be strong I'm supposed to figure it out and so it was just a different type of struggle at that point of now before I used to fight because I was kind of um, protecting people so like if somebody was at school and they were getting bullied, I decided I was just going to beat that person up with who, who was bullying the other person, yeah. right? But in high school, it got to where now I just needed a fight to just prove that I was still who I was. Like, okay. just because I'm a mom doesn't mean I'm weak or yeah. soft, so to say. So yeah. I, I came up with uh, new struggles during that time. Yeah. And if you don't mind kind of going back to that situation, I mean, we don't have to get into any details or anything, but... That situation where you talked about that, you know, you were, how old were you when that happened, when you were, when you um, were taken advantage of, when you were raped? I was uh, 12 when it started, and then uh, when I got raped, I was 13. 
And was this something that, so this is something that continued? Um, This was something that progressed and continued? Yes. And then it just got worse and violent as, I mean, I started, I think it started like when I was maybe eight or nine, maybe younger. Um, But I do remember that as it started getting worse around the time I was nine is when I started doing drugs. And that's when I think the first time that I really started to mask who I was. Not wanting to be seen, but kind of wanting to make a presence. It was just a weird struggle I was in. And then from that age on, it just continued to get worse and worse. And so I um, decided to just, I guess, resort to anger to survive. since that was already so since nobody knew my secret and that I was being a victim um, and I hate that word because I'm not a victim but I think because in my mind at that age I was uh, behind the scenes uh, being taken advantage of hurt up front in the forefront people in life had to um, uh, take on my anger where I had to prove a point that I was strong and I was tough and I can take care of things because I was trying to um, be safe from this. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. <coughs> and so nobody knew about this? No. And was this someone close to you that you yeah. knew? Oh, was it family? Family member, member? yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. that ever addressed? Uh, yeah, it was, it was addressed. And so um, definitely uh, it's... Here's the thing. I had decided that I was never going to be a victim. Uh, when I was 14, um, I had my son, and um, he is a result of that. Yeah. Uh, and when I had him, I remember praying after it happened. I remember praying um, before I found out I was pregnant, and I, I literally asked God, I need you to give me a reason to survive because I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live no more. And maybe two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. And so I always looked at my son as God telling me, this is your reason to live. And so that just gave me the umph to keep going. Yeah. Okay, all right, Lord, I'm strong enough to deal with this. I can do this. And so it was later addressed. It did cause some, you know, issues within the family but for the most part you know my mom my dad my sisters and everybody we all kind of just made it made it work made yeah. it work so yeah wow that's unimaginable you know and 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 I know you say that you don't like that word you know and and I understand why you know right. I understand why a lot of times people don't want to you know um, be the victim or but the truth is though that it's hard sometimes when you don't know how to address those things, right. you know, because you were a victim of something, right? but, you know, to stay a victim, and that's what I understand, and I know that that's probably what our audience is probably understanding too. It's not so much that some you're not, you're denying that something happened. Definitely because not. something did happen, but the fact that you didn't want to stay in that state of mind. I had decided that... Um, I was not going to allow this person to continue to take control over my life forever, but I was going to use this situation to fuel me to be a better person. And I was never going to allow it to be like, oh, she didn't make it in life because these things happen. No, I made it in life because these things built me to make me stronger and who I am today. And the woman I am now sitting here in front of you is so much greater because of that. 
And it was important for me to be able to show that to other people that you can take something so horrible and you can use it for good and you can use it as the fire to light your path down to what you're supposed to do in life. And so that's why I don't like the word victim because I'm not. I'm a yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm successful. I'm a warrior. I'm stronger because of this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you and you certainly are, man. You certainly are. And let me ask you something in in regards to in regards to to that. In you know, kind of still in the same in the same page a little bit. Um, what did that do to you? What did that do to you that you now are maybe you advocate for? Maybe you can um, somebody that's listening to us that might have gone through that or is going through that, you know, or even for parents, you know, to be careful with certain things. Like what would you speak into that after having an experience like that? I think the one thing that I would speak into is that you have the decision to allow this to carry on for you. And there are people out there who are not going to judge you. um, And it happens more than you realize. And sometimes you just need to find the strength to speak up. Um, And I say that you just choose, choose to be great out of it choose to find a flower in the flames and and hold on to that and know that God didn't give you that um, incident or they're not giving you this he's not giving you this incident right now to stop you he's giving it to grow you and you may not understand it but later in life your story of your strength and how you've overcome and who you um, decided to be despite that is going to be so much greater than the moment you're in right now this moment will pass and and just for parents I just I strongly encourage um, to uh, this is a big thing for me um, you know is that uh, I think sometimes my mom walks with guilt Um, But don't be guilty. Don't feel guilty. Mm. It's okay. Um, Despite whatever you were going to do or you thought you could do, it didn't happen. But the only way that you guys are going to get through this as a family unit is acknowledging it and supporting whatever emotions that that person is going through to heal. Their healing process is their healing process. And you have to help them. You may not understand it, but just be there to help them and don't feel guilty. Wow. Yeah, that's that's so powerful, and I and I think a lot of moms, um, people out there need need to hear that. Right. They need to hear, especially from someone who experienced that, because it's it's easy for, you know, for example, like if I were to you know be in front of someone who has gone through that, it's a lot more difficult, you know, because right. because in those situations where it's like, man, well, yeah, you're telling me like this is there's a purpose behind this, you know, but. You you're not the one going through this, and so right. it's whole, it's so hard to communicate that. But when it's coming from someone who's actually gone through that, you know, it brings just a whole different perspective because you're living you're the, you're a living testimony of right. someone who who was able to um, live through a horrible, right. horrendous, you know, tragic situation, uh, traumatizing situation. Right. But now you're here, you know, speaking on it and being able to. Speak on it in such a positive right. way. You right. know? So Definitely I commend so. you so much for Thank that. Thank you. You know, and so moving moving forward now, high school, you have your son. Right. At 14 years old. Yes. You're a mom. You know, you're, you're still 
trying to because I get I get that part where you know, hey, I'm not soft, you know, just I'm a mom right. now, you know, but I'm not soft Because I'm feeling soft inside, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, When yeah. you become a mom, you feel all kind of, remind you, I never cried growing yeah. up. My dad was general, like, yeah. my dad was like, you don't cry. Like, you never let nobody see you cry. It's a sign mm-hmm. of weakness. So literally the first time I ever cried to him, my mom's like, okay, she is your daughter. <laughs> She's going to cry. But he yeah. was even shook. And then, I don't know, all those years of never crying, I was just yeah. crying all the time. So <laughs> now I'm feeling soft inside. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a battle of, like, I got to be strong. And then now I'm a mom, right? So yeah. um, I have to take care of a kid. I have to, like, you know, I have to do all these things. So I'm still selling drugs. I'm still doing drugs because I'm trying to function. You know what I mean? I'm... Um, you you know, I'm I'm fighting. I'm going to school. I'm taking my kid. I'm walking. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like trying to do it all, but I don't know what I'm doing because I'm young still. Yeah. You know, um. So yeah, high school was high school was tough. I I dropped out of high school. I ended up dropping out of high school and getting my GED. Yeah. Um, but I think for me that was the best bet because high school just gave me so much opportunity to lash out. Yeah. And so I kind of needed to pull out of that environment. Yeah. Um, I'm super smart. My mom never, like, we didn't have a TV growing up. We read books and listened to the radio. Like, and so I was bored in class. I was in trouble. So it was just, yeah, I think, you know, for me and my story and my testimony, leaving high school was something that was actually good for me. Right. Um, And although at the time, maybe it didn't seem like it, but I still got my GD. I still went to college. I still, you know, I did the other things, but I just needed to leave that environment. At that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's, I I agree with that. You know, sometimes, you know, you do have to depend, depending the situation, depending the person's story, sometimes looking into alternatives is better for people. You know, I know a lot of young people that now there's a lot more options. Right. And there's even actually something called like options for youth. Right. <laughs> right. Which is like an alternative way for, for kids to, um, you know, it's not it's not so much a continuation school, but it's not a high school, you know. And so it gives, it gives a lot of kids, you know, that opportunity to kind of phase out of that. Right. Because high school can be tough, man. It's tough. Like school... I, I, I sympathize so much for young people sometimes, you right. know, especially depending where they grow up in. Like here in San Bernardino, I, I sympathize a lot because it's tough. You yeah. know, it's tough to, it's tough for a lot of kids, you right. know, and I can imagine that only for you, you know, how tough it, it could have been as well. It, it, it You know, being a, a brand new mom and then still, you know, because it sounds like you were still battling your identity. Right. Definitely. You know, can you talk about it like... Talk a little bit about that. I think that um, it's crazy because probably only in the last uh, maybe three years have I really found who I was. And I'm 39. I just turned 39. But um, I was constantly trying to figure out who am I? Like, what is my purpose? Yeah. Um, I only know how to be a mom. You know, I don't know anything else. Uh, we took care of our sisters. So I was a mom at a young age before I even had a baby. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, okay, I'm trying to be tough for my dad. I got to be a boy. I got to be a girl. Like, And it's not like I ever thought I was a boy. It was just I got to be tough like a boy, right? Yeah. I have to be strong like a boy, you know? And I, I didn't wear makeup and I didn't comb my hair. I just threw in a ponytail and, you know, I just worked like I, I just didn't know who I was. Yeah. But I was trying to be the best me 
that I could in those moments to survive. Yeah. So for all those years, I was just surviving. And I was layering myself. We spoke briefly um, before this that yeah. I was layering myself to be hidden from attention. And uh, that's when like my trouble with food came in and uh, really just losing who I was. I was a sister. I was a mom. I was a daughter. I was all these things. But Jessica, I did not know who Jessica was, but it was okay because nobody else knew that. Everybody else who looked at me thought, okay, she knows who she is. And, you know, that's that. And, but I didn't, I was just being who I thought I needed to be in the moment And in those moments, I was trying to help people. It was weird because I was like this bad person, but then I was also, my heart just wanted to help the people around me. Yeah. I was never bad because I just wanted to be mean. I was bad because I was doing bad things to help other people. Yeah. So I was justifying my behavior, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you were, you were, it really sounds like you were just trying to make the best out of your environment. Right. You know, which I I always hold to it. You know, some some of the best hearted people, you know, are people that, you know, come from, you know, hard backgrounds. Right. You know, I I will always stand to that. Some of the though they some of the sweetest people, some of the people that will they will literally take their shirt off their right. back, you know what I mean, to give to you, you know, are some of the people that you might look at on the street that you might, might, people might even look down on. Right. Or because of, you know, their background or because of this, but some of the um, sweetest, tender hearted people, man. And so I totally get where you're coming from, but it just seems that your environment, you know, was, is what, you know, was, you were identifying with your environment. Right. You know, you were just going with the flow with whatever it is was there, but in your heart, you wanted to do good. Right. And I felt like, I mean, there was, I remember praying when I was little and same thing, telling, telling God, like, Lord, please don't ever let anything bad happen to my sisters. Like let everything bad that would happen to them come to me because I can handle it, Lord. Like I can take it. Like, don't let them be sick. Don't let them this. And Mm -hmm. so as things would happen, as I was growing up, like I always took it like, okay, God's giving this to me because at least they don't have to go through it. Or God's putting these people in my life so I can protect them. So if I have to go through it, it's okay. If I have to get in trouble, it's okay. If I, So I always justified it like, okay, Lord, you're just allowing these things to happen or come across me so that I could protect other people. That yeah. was my mind. Even in school when, like I said, if I seen somebody being picked on, right away I would make it my business and I would go fight with the person who was picking on somebody because I felt like it's okay if I get in trouble and I go home and I get hit because I can take it, but this person can't. So Mm -hmm. I was always trying to protect people through my outlet of being angry at the same time. Yeah. 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 So it was your way of just releasing everything. Right. Yeah. And justifying it. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so fast forward, you know, you're, you're, you, you uh, get your GED, you know, you're, um, you're a mom, you know, you're, you know, you put high school to the side, right? you know, because you just shared right now that your identity, you know, your identity, you, you're barely these last three years, you know what I mean? Right. What other big identity crisis or issues did you go through from here to there? So um, I drank a lot. I started drinking a lot. I lost some friends and, um, you know, I was just 
I had did really well for a long time. I was uh, serving serving Christ. I was in a church. I was. I mean, we were there. We were committed. Yeah. We were doing camp and everything. And um, I went through a really hard death of a close friend. Okay. And um, that pushed me back into drinking. Mm. And so I kind of. And so the drinking led me to be around people I shouldn't be around. Um, and then um, I ended up kind of like having church hurt. The church kind of put their back on me, um, okay. and you know, um, one of the pastors was just kind of like, "Hey, you guys can't talk to her. You can't this. You can't that." Mm-hmm. And it was hard because my my kids and I had grew up in that church, and so when I got church hurt, um, I completely closed myself off from from. I'm never going to church again. Yeah. Um, you know. I knew God was always there. He never left me. That was yeah. the one thing that I am so grateful for because no matter where I was at in my life, God never left me. I never felt void. I never felt like, where's he at? I always yeah. felt him there. Like he was always telling me like, you know better, Jess, you know better. Yeah. And so our communication was always very tight. So I didn't go to church for like 15 years. Um I made some poor decisions. Um, I continued to drink. Um, I ended up actually, uh, um, not a lot of people know this. I, I used to be very embarrassed to share this, um, but I'm not anymore. So it, it's a part of my story. But um, I was actually married to a woman for six years. Okay. Um, it was my best friend. And I think we were just, we drank a lot. And then it was more um, just... I guess like com- being comfortable having her there, okay. um, and so that kind of just pushed me more away, you know. Um, and then what friends I did have left from the church were kind of like, okay, we're we're done with you, and so that just justified more. Oh, I don't want to be a part of church. Um, and uh, I always did Bible studies, though. I hosted Bible studies at at. Um, my work. I uh, went to Bible studies um, at people's houses. Like I, I still shared God. Yeah. Because I really did have a relationship with Him yeah. still. Um, and I used to tell people like, you don't need to go to a church to worship God. Like it's your relationship. Like you guys don't know the struggle I'm battling in every day. You're just seeing the life I'm living. Like I'm trying. Like I, I think that people didn't understand that I was trying. I really was trying to be better, but I was already stuck in so much sin. And I was already stuck with so much layers of not knowing who I was. I was lost. Like, mind you, I was like almost 400 pounds of just coats of coats of... And I tell people now, like, it wasn't fat. I look at it as layers of hurt that I had covered myself since I was a little girl. Yeah. And it was weighing on me. And so um, from that to, um, I don't know, just one day I, I was praying and, and I, I just told God I didn't want to do this anymore. Um, I think what actually happened is uh, one day I was married at the time and, and um, my wife was saying, hey, I don't want you to go to church. And I remember sitting there saying, well, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to be a part of the God thing, okay? But as soon as that like, came out of my mouth, conviction in my heart. And I remember saying, like, if you deny me in front of people, I will deny you. And that like hit me like a rock in my chest. I was scared standing there in my mind, like, oh my gosh, I literally just denied God. Like it was so, I felt like that was just another level of what are you doing? Yeah. And that was really the moment that things started to change. Like it was something that your heart, it wasn't so much like a 
like a guilt trip. No. You know, it was more like your heart knowing that, hey, you know what? Like, don't. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like a parent. Like, right. You, know, you 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 have kids, so maybe you can understand this too. Um, it's kind of like when your son or your daughter doesn't want to hug you. Right. You know, they don't want to kiss you. You're like, give me a kiss, give me a kiss. And they're like, no, go away or something. Right. Right. <laughs> and um, you know, it, it, it's like, like it hurts. Right. You know, and it's kind of like that sadness that you feel, and then when your child sees that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. And they turn around, like they give you. Right. So it's kind of like that. Right. Definitely so. And I was just reminded of like, I never left you. You're leaving me. Yeah. Like it was more of that like stern moment because I just felt like he he told me in that moment, like, yeah. you're pulling away. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still here. You're making the decision at this point to walk away. Yeah. And I just knew that I needed to... to I needed to make a change. Yeah. And I did. I did. I stopped drinking. Um, and I stopped drinking. And then we we ended up splitting up. And um, I was going to... My sister was actually hosting Bible study at the house. And I remember I told you I was still like very active in, in going to Bible studies and stuff yeah. like that. So I was going to her Bible study. And I remember that group um, loving me. Like they, them girls loved me. To like some of them kind of knew. I again that situation where they know but they don't know. Yeah. But like they didn't care. They loved me for who I was, and that was uh, life changing for me. And then talk about that. And in, in, in what way? Because I think that's a real important topic to kind of pause and touch on, because I think that's something that we see so much. Right. You know, we see. We see a lot of that, and but we see also a lot of what you mentioned earlier that a lot of people, because they don't know how to deal with things, you know, there's a lot of people out there that excommunicate people, you know, that, right. like you said, they're like, hey, don't talk to them anymore, don't do this, don't, don't right. affiliate with them, you know, and they cause that hurt. They cause that, that hurt, that church hurt, you know, but you, you know... Something in you still always had that belief that, no, you know what? I know that I am the way that I am, but God still loves me. Right. And then now you find yourself in a community of people expressing and showing you the complete opposite. What did that really do to you? It really, it made me feel like it was okay that I was in the middle of the mess because people saw who I was inside. Mm. And... That really started my healing process of not being embarrassed and not feeling judged and genuine love because these girls didn't want anything from me. Mm. They just loved me. I mean, I would go to church. I would go to Bible study sometimes hungover, so I know I smelled like alcohol, <laughs> but they still loved me. They still, yeah. like, they would see me walk in and they would just be like, Jess, like, oh, you're here. And, and yeah. it, that love was not a love that I was familiar with. Yeah. It was different. And um, they really helped me. I, I believe that Bible study is really what helped me start breakthrough without me even realizing it because yeah. I felt a genuine love yeah, with no strings attached. Yeah. They just wanted to see me show up Yeah, and that's it. And it, it was just amazing. 
Yeah, and and I think that's so important when it comes to to addressing, especially the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. You know, I it's one of the things that I'll even be honest. You know, I'm I'm ignorant to. You know, you know, we talk about it sometimes with people, and it's something that, you know, there is no right or wrong answer. Right. But I think you gave the right answer, and that right answer is. The thing is that sometimes we desire so much to change people. Right. But the thing is that we just have to love on people. Right. It's not our job to change people. Right. And I think the church has to stop carrying this belief. And I think a lot of times it's because of organizational beliefs. Right. It's because of religious beliefs. You know, it's because of, you know... um, harsh, you know, maybe, maybe they did grow up with harsh teachings, harsh doctrine and things like that. But when you really dissect the Bible, you know, when you really study Jesus, when you really study how Jesus was, you know, Jesus, Jesus, what he cared about more than anything was the condition of the heart. Right. You know, and he understood that the only way he was going to be able to touch and reach a person's heart was by being relatable, Right. being relatable by being inviting, you know, by um, by being accepting, but to the point where, like you said, you were loved on right. so much, it was something you were not familiar with. Right. But you, you know, you it wasn't something you were pushed like. I don't know. In order for you to be here, you gotta start doing this, right. or you have to change this, Jessica, or you know what, this relationship is no good. You have to leave it. No, it was just a genuine love love. and acceptance of, hey, you're a person. Right. You're a human being. You struggle the way that I struggle. Right. You know, we might sin different. We might have a different mess, like you said. Right. You you were in the middle of your mess. But they said, hey, in, in the middle of your mess, Jessica. Right. We love you. Definitely. And I think that's the biggest thing that, um, I have always been like, um, I would always want to, um, I wanted people to know God because of the love that I showed them. Mm-hmm. I wanted people to say, okay, why does, why does she care? Like, why, why is she different? Yeah. And that be the opportunity for me to say, I love you because God loved me. Like, or that, that's, that's all yeah. that it comes down to. Like, I don't, I don't. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah. And, you know, my prayer closet, I'm going to pray for you. But when we're together, I just want you to know that I love you. Yeah. Nothing in the world matters to anybody who is hurting or who is trying to figure out who they are. Yeah. More than just knowing that somebody loves them right in the middle of where they're at. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Nothing else expected. With no no strings attached. Right. Right. You know, because... We're already so messed up. You know, like you said, um, I love what you said. It wasn't pounds that you were carrying. It was layers. Right. It was layers of, and I think that so many of us, um, you know, we even shared a little bit about, you know, because you were asking me, why did you start, why did you start the podcast? And um, many that have heard my story, you know, if you haven't, go check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Go check out my story. You know, it was the first episode that we opened up with and, um, I talk about it so freely even in there where even after I came to Christ, you know, the job wasn't done. Right. You know, even though I thought the job was done because I, I was free, you know, you know, I was free from crystal meth. You know, I, I stopped using crystal meth. Right. 
you know, I, you know, I wasn't affiliated in, in my gang anymore. I broke free from that, but I thought that was it. But right. without realizing that those were just layers. Those were right. just layers that I was using. The anger, it was just a layer. Mm-hmm. The drugs, it was just a layer. Um, the gang violence, it was just a layer. Right. And for a lot of people out there, like even maybe you're not overweight with, you know, but the gym could be a layer. You know, all these different things in your life could be a layer. But what really breaks through those layers isn't rules. Mm-hmm. It's not religion. It's not, you know, regulations. It's not it's not even laws. You know, uh, the United States can change laws. They can do all these different things. And 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 it's great. You know, what whatever they they come up with, whatever people can come up with and do and feel like that's going to work like, OK, but at the end of the day. It all comes down to the condition of the heart. Right. And the only way we're ever going to break through that, in my opinion and, and, and in my belief because of my own life and what you're sharing, is really love. Right. Right. So I, um, I, I always pray and ask God, like, let me have a love like Jesus. Like, I want to love the way Jesus loves. I want people to uh, see that love in me. Like, help me... More than anything I want is to have a heart like Jesus and to never um, become judgmental. I, I truly believe in my heart, like you said, the only way that we can make a difference in this world is loving one person. And if my story and my love for one person can change, that's all I want because it's going to pour in to other people. And so... Yeah, I have all these like little nifty things. Like I do feel good Friday. So on <laughs> on Fridays I, I started like I think I'm like an influencer. <laughs> Let's go. But on Fridays I do feel good Friday. That's good. And so I randomly like just do something. I always tell everybody, do something nice for somebody who could do nothing for you. Mm. Right? I love and that. so like um my sister will go through Venmo and she'll like scroll through like random people and then she'll like stop and then she'll just send them like a gift oh, wow. and say happy feel good friday let me let me send her my <laughs> <laughs> you know like here's a coffee on on, on me like That's have awesome. a great day and I love that. sometimes they'll message back yeah. and be like you don't even know like we needed this you know yeah. or I, like we just do we, it's just something that i i had started because i was like do you know how like great that is to just yeah this stranger not expecting not like i don't even know you but why do we only help the people that we know yeah. Like we, again, we need to love everybody. Yeah. Because that's where the change happens because somebody loved me in my darkest and they didn't even know it. So how awesome is it that we can love somebody in their darkest and yeah. we may not even know it? Yeah. And it wasn't something, and let me ask you, and it wasn't something, because I know a lot of a lot of times people think that, you know, to change that lifestyle, you know, especially you, you know, you were, you were in a you were in a same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. same-sex marriage for six years, you know, and um, so now you you come clashing with this group of people, this group of women that are loving you, but you are the one who's conscious of, I need to change. I right. want to change. It wasn't right. so much that I need to now that it's I want to, right. you know, right. and because I think a lot of people can get that confused, even in that even in that community, because they advocate so much, like, no, we need to be inclusive. We need to be inclusive. We need to be inclusive. And I agree that we need to be inclusive, you know, but I also feel that at the same time, you know, we need to just love on people. But I, because as we love on people, as we love on them, as we accept them for who they are, and as we right. love on them, 
It's the love of God. I'm a firm believer in this. It's the love of God, you know, that causes us to really analyze. It's like a light. I really, mm-hmm. I picture it like a light. It's like a reflection, a reflective mirror in our life. When the love of God comes to us, you know, it, there's this reflective mirror that turns on in our life. And right. we begin to see what ultimately separates us from the one who right. loves us. You know, it's not so much that he, like you mentioned earlier, I'm not pulling away from you, Jessica. You're right. pulling away from me. Right. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm always been here. And I, th- I feel like this world needs to understand that God's not pulling away from us. Right. You know, the Bible even says where sin abounds, grace abounds even right. more. So I believe that there is an, an abundance of grace. And I think Christians everywhere need to hear this, it, it, that you, you, because sometimes we see the sin that's happening in the world right. and we say, oh my gosh, like this is horrible. This is, you know, never in a million years. Have, no, we're not shocking God. Right. The Bible says where sin abounds, right. his grace abounds even more. But who, who, who's going to represent that grace? Right. We are. Right. We have to represent that grace. We have to take that grace to the people. He wants to abound in grace, but if we're not willing to carry that grace to others, then we're missing the whole point. Right. Because that grace is available to anyone, to everyone. And when the day comes, when they're, that reflective mirror turns on in their life and they're able to see, wow, here's a God that loves me. Right. Here is a God that accepts me. Here is a God that wants to include me. Right. Here is a God that has never wanted to shame me. Yeah, the world has shamed me. The world has done this, but he loves me. So then we begin to peel out layers of our life and say, I don't want this anymore to separate me from you, God. Right. It's not because they're forcing me. It's not because they're telling me, if you don't change this, you can't, you can't sit with us like mean girls. Right, right, (laughs) right. No, it's, I want to peel this out. I want to give up these drugs because it keeps me from Exactly. God. I want to turn away from this. Share that a little bit because I feel people can benefit from hearing that. I from think you. the most important thing, again, for me in those moments where, like you said, um, nobody told me. Uh, well, there were some people who were like, you have to do this. <laughs> but the ones that made an impact in my life were the ones who loved me right where I was at and allowed me and stood by my side while I worked through it. Mm. I think that if I didn't work through it, me and God together, then me and God wouldn't have a relationship. And so I'm very strong on, um, I don't, I'm not part of a religion. I'm part of a relationship. And at the end of the day, if God doesn't tell me what I'm doing is wrong, if me and him are not having that communication and I'm not feeling corrected from him, no human is going to give me correction in that place. Unless I like, me and God's communication is so good that I'm like, I know he sends somebody. Like, let me tell you, Reuben always gets me, okay? He'll be like, <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago, he's like, and he's going to laugh because he's like, are you coming to church? And I was like, no. He's like, why? And I'm like, <laughs> and when I walked out, I was like, I don't even have a reason to give him, you know? So I, I'm going to church and I went to church, you know? But I believe God will place people in your life that really he's saying, hey, these are the people who are going to guide you and help you, right? Yeah. Um, he, he stands by my side. Reuben doesn't, um, he knows my story. He doesn't judge me. He's never changed his love as he's learned my story. He, I feel like he's loved me more, yeah. um, and he's mentored I mean, he, me. Yeah. You he know, pro- I mean the way he, <laughs> yeah, the, even the way he promotes it, like not promote, 
but the way he just lights up when he talks about it. And it's like, shows. I truly believe that we get so caught up in this religion, this, oh, again, you can't sit here. You can't come to church. You can't do these things. Well, nobody goes to the hospital when they're healthy. So I'm sorry, but I don't want to serve a God where I'm only helping healthy people. Yeah. I want to serve a God who is directing me to the streets to help people who are broken, who are in their mess where I was at. Yeah. And and that's what we need we really need to start walking in. We need to get out of this like, you know, organized religion, however you see it, and you you just need to start walking in the streets like Jesus did. Like, let's leave the building and let's go and love people. Let's let's show them that it's okay. Let's hug them. Like I yeah. I also have a homeless ministry called The Touch of Love. Um, it started out of my house. We cooked home cook we cook home cooked meals and serve the homeless. Mm-hmm. My mom and my sister do wound care for them. But when we go to the streets with them, like we pretty much ask for permission to be there because that's their home. That's not my place to be. And yeah. so we go there, we build relationships, we we love them, we hug them, we, you know, like, and, and sometimes people are like, oh, why aren't you afraid? What, what do I have to be afraid of? Like, I wish somebody would have stopped in my moments and just hugged me there sooner. You there you go. Like, again, it all, for me, love is so powerful of how it can change someone's life. Yeah. If you walk in a room and you feel like genuine love, that can change everything. It can change everything. Your entire world. And so I think it's super important that we get out of these bubbles that we're yes, do we need to be cautious? Of course. Of course. But mm-hmm. why why aren't we just doing the one thing that's the easiest thing to do? Yeah. And if you don't know how to love to that put like all the way pray and ask God to give you that heart. Like I said, I I pray and I ask him all the time, please let me have a heart like yours so that I won't be moved. I won't be um, shaken by the nonsense that goes on around me. (laughs) Like I I always tell people, I live in a bubble. Like this is Jess's world here, right? And in my (laughs) world, it's great. It doesn't mean that bad things don't happen, but I don't let it move me because I'm so reassured of God's love for me and my family and my surroundings, and I'm so confident in the love that I have to give that I know I'm going to be okay no matter what. And if we just get back to the root of what it is, sometimes it's not, and, and this may be a hard pill for some to swallow, but sometimes it's not about going out there and preaching the word. (laughs) <laughs> I, I strongly, yeah. you know, when we go out on the streets and we serve the homeless, yeah. one of my rules for my team is we're, we're not shoving the word down anybody. We're coming out here and we're going to love these people. Yeah. Do you know how many times people, when we go out there, they say, what church are you from? And we're like, we're not from a church. And they're just kind of like, wait, you're not out here with the church? And we're like, no. Well, then why are you out here for because we just want to love you. We just want to serve you some food and get to know who you are. Yeah. And they're almost like, like they feel like because we're not there with the church, that there's no motive. Like, mm-hmm. oh, these people just really, and then they're so welcoming, right? Yeah. Now we're hanging out with them. Now they're telling me I have to go home. Like, Jess, it's late. You got to go home. <laughs> you can't be out here, you know? Uh, they see my mom, my mom, you know, they see my sister. They see them somewhere they're stopping. Yeah. But it's like when we go out there, they see the love. And you know how many times people ask us if we could pray for them? Can you pray for us? Yeah. 
can you, you know, my mom picks up some of them and takes them to church with the, like, and they're, those are our friends. She's like, she, they, they know her, they see her coming and sometimes they don't want to go to church with her. Yeah. She's coming for you. Like, let's go, <laughs> you know, but it's all because we went out there and we didn't do anything but show Christ's love to them. Yeah. And the response to that was so much more. Yeah. Because some people have already come from broken homes or they have an, they have an image of what Christianity is in their mind yeah. of like, oh, you're a Christian, but like, this is what's going on. Or, you know, and that's a, hor- that's a horrible way to, to say it, but they don't want to hear the word of God. Yeah. Sometimes the, that has to come, that can't be the first thing you just run out on the streets and throw in someone's face because right. all of us have heard it. I don't think you can go on the street and ask one person, do you, do you know who Jesus is? And they're going to be like, we've never even heard of the Bible. Like everybody has heard yeah. of who Christ is. But when we go out there on the streets with that love and that we just want to serve you, we just yeah. want you to see that you're equal with us. Right. That changes lives. And it, that's what changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so awesome. And I a hundred percent agree with that because it's so true, you know, and I really feel like the, the, the Bible it was written for instructions to right. us. You know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Like the Bible was really built, you know, so that we can benefit and feed from it. You right. Know, where we can, you know, it's going to help us um, in areas of our life. It's going to bring life to areas right. in our life. It's going to bring direction. It's going to bring instruction, cor- even correction, you know, but people out there don't need that. They're Why? Because they're not looking for that. Right. You know, they're not looking for... You know, they're looking just genuinely, you know, I I can I can share about that experience as well. You know, it wasn't so much, you know, um, somebody reading a long passage to me, you know, that changed my life, that opened me up to that love. You know, it was looking at someone that was exactly like me. Right. You know, when I saw that, when I saw someone that was exactly like me, talking different, you know, looking different. And demonstrating a love to me, you right. know, and giving up their own bed for me and saying, here, you know what? Um, we don't have beds right now, but here's my bed. Right. You know, take my bed. You know, you sleep here and you sleep as many days. Sleep the drugs off as many right. days as you need. And like you said, it's something that, you know, you don't expect. It's something you've, you're have you not used to feeling, right. you know, but that's where... It opens up the space for us to be able to meet who God is, right? You know, because I think that's the thing we, you know, it, there's uh, there's so much that I would love to just like right. you know touch on that, but I just I love that you know, and and that's what Jesus did. It's again, there's there's no strings. Yeah, and that's the way I in my head Jesus was walking the streets. Yeah, in the stories we hear yeah. in the Bible. Jesus is walking the streets and he's just healing and loving people. Yeah. Just his presence is helping people through those moments, Mm. right? The ministry of presence. So it's like just being present there, loving them with no, oh, you know, there's times we see people come and they have like tracks or something or they'll give you, oh, we'll give you $5 on this track, but you have to let me pray with you. And it's kind of like there's a string attached to that. Yeah. God didn't have strings attached to him. Yeah. He didn't say, be here and now you can come serve me. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, again, that presence of just being there. Yeah. yeah I he's... don't need you to tell me I'm wrong or I'm a sinner. Yeah. I know that. 
These know. people on the streets know that. Trust yeah. me, when you're in sin, you know. You know exactly. Whether yeah. you call it sin or not, you know that's, what you're doing is wrong. That's, <laughs> that's exactly. I've always said that. I've always said that, you know, when it comes to that. People know right. because I always reflect and look back on my own life. I knew. Right. I knew what I was doing was evil. I knew what I was doing was wrong. I knew it in the bottom of my heart. But knowing how to get out of that. Right. That was the difficult part. Nobody wakes up and decides, I want to be a bad person. No. At all. No. You, you know, something, there is a major break somewhere down that lifeline that caused you to become who you are and not who you were supposed to be. Yeah. God gives us the opportunity to break free of that and become who we were always intended to be. That's yeah. the greatest thing. But we didn't all fall down this bad path because we said, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a drug dealer. Yeah. You know? When I grew up, I want to be raped and taken care of. That's not what I, that I woke up yeah. one day and decided I wanted. But it's what happened, right? But it was through God allowing me to go through those things, but never leaving me in those moments and then placing people in my life where I needed them to help me yeah. realize that I was there was nothing wrong with who I was. I just needed to find who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And and that's that's really what... You know, we need to remember when we're we're interacting with people who maybe are not a part of church or in our day to day lives. If you you learn to, you know, I say I love the way I breathe. <laughs> it just comes out. Yeah. You know, and some people are like, Man, you love everybody. I'm like, I do. I can meet you for the first time and I love you. I genuinely love you. Like yeah. the and and it's sometimes they'll be like, Okay, but how is that possible? And I'm like, I don't know. I just I I that's my heart. Yeah. I love people like I breathe. And that's how we should all be. Yeah. It should just yeah. be not even a thought. Yeah. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. That's that's such a message for, for people out there because again, you know, even going back to that to that theme, to that topic about, you know, the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. you know, I think um a lot of times we're we're in an era, we're in a culture right now where, you know, we we want to be combative. We want right. to be so combative because we're always looking to be right, you know. Right. Um, but I, what I always tell people is that you know what? When you read the books of the Bible, when you read in the New Testament, when you read Jesus's stories, and even when you read the letters, you know, of the Apostle Potter, when it wasn't their 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 letters weren't to prove that they were right. Right. You know, there were instructions to the church. They weren't instructions to the outside people they weren't really it was just more like hey how you should be how, right. this is how we should carry ourselves you know but it, you know there's a culture even in christianity you know where there's all they're worried about is just being right right like no i don't i don't and it's like we're spoiled like, right first of all and here in the states we're spoiled definitely Christ, christianity is 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 very very spoiled and what i mean by that is that Nothing bad can happen. No laws can change. Like nothing, nothing, nothing. Like whoever they want, you know, it's like they should be entitled to get. And and I even say that for us. You know, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I am I will freely speak about it. We're spoiled. Right. You know, where as soon as something rocks our boat, oh, no. You know what I mean? Right. And we want to get political about things. We want to do this. We want to do that. And we forget the vital importance that, dude, you're out there putting these things on social media. People are going to read it. 
And people are going to know who you are and people are going to know what you supposedly represent. Right. And all you're showing, and I don't care who hears this. I don't care. Like, they need to hear this. Like, I don't, you know, the only thing you're giving off is that you're a hateful person. Right, right. Like, you're not giving off that you're this loving person. You're giving off that you're just this radical person, that you're just this, like, you know, like, you know, there's issues within you. Right. All you care about is being right, you know? And maybe you do live your life differently. I'm not arguing that. Right. But the thing is that on social media, you're coming off as this. And people, when they see things like that, all it does is just harden people's hearts. Right. It makes us more combative. And again, it goes back to that same issue where where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So we should be abounding in grace. We should be those carriers of grace to be able to, you know, what does even the Bible say? Um, A soft answer you know, turns away uh, wrath. Right. You know, a soft answer. But a lot of times, what do we want? We want right. to, we want to bring those harsh words. We want to bring those. No, no, no. This this is how it should be. And this and in our country, this and that. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, right. Let's let's pause. Let's let's come back to hu- reality. Right. Right. Let's come back to human nature. You know, understand that you're a human and they're humans. Right. And let's relate on that level. Right. And and. I just came off a fast from social media every year, and it's funny because I've been doing it for so long that people are like, hey, you're getting ready to go on a fast from social media, right? (laughs) And then it's like around the same time, they're like, are you coming back soon? Are you coming back? (laughs) But I take a fast from social media because I really want to make sure that I get clarity on how to use my platform Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that um, when I see things, um, like you said, sometimes Christianity, we just want to be right doesn't mean that we have to run around in it and throw it in everybody's face because when a decision is made and um, we won, right, there are still people who are really hurting from that decision. Right. So why aren't we loving them through that decision instead of clapping in their face that we won? Yes. And so for me, uh, one of my biggest things is that I don't have a problem saying, hey, like, I'm sorry that you hurt in this moment. I right. love you. I support you. I'll support, like, if you're really hurting in this yeah. time and these moments and decisions, and especially because we're in a day and age where everything is changing. Yeah. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, and I, I, I'm going to pray for you. But you know what? I'm going to love you in your hurt. Again, it comes down to, like, you got to meet the person where they're at. Yeah. We have to get off that. So... I leave social media. Our church does a big fast in the beginning of the year. And one of the things I fast is social media. So I can make sure that I'm constantly using that tool in a way to love and uplift and grow and help people. And not to get caught up in the uh, political part of it. Right. I stay, people don't know where I stand politically one way or the other. And it's because it shouldn't matter. Yeah. All that matters is that I'm letting the, the people out there who are seeing me, who are motivated motivated by me or yeah. inspired by me, that I love them. Yeah. And that's going to be the change. Yeah. That they could be able to see and be like, oh, yeah, that's 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 Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh love her. She's yeah. cool. This. She, oh, yeah. She goes to church. Yeah, yeah. She loves Jesus. Yeah. She has a relationship. But you know what? Not once has she ever yeah. downed me. Not once has she ever made me feel judged. Not once has she ever, you know, put me in a position of feeling uncomfortable, but she still stands up for what she believes in. 
Yeah. And and you can do that. Yeah. You can do that. 100%. If you're praying and getting guidance and you're just walking your walk that God has put in front of you and you're not so concerned with everything else going on. Yeah. But I believe that comes in, in the strength of finding out who you are. Yeah. Because I didn't just get here. It, like I said, it took me time to pull off the layers and yeah. stand strong in who I am yeah. and not be swayed one way or the other. I love that. And Jesus was a great example of mm-hmm. that. You know, I love the part where they're, because they're always trying to tempt him. They're always right. trying to try him. They're always trying to sway him into one direction, you know, because what a lot of people um, might or might not know is that when Jesus came, it was a very, there was some very, um, he came during a very broken political time. Right. Very, very, very broken. You know, there was a lot of things that were broken in in the in the in, in uh, the Jewish system, in the religious system, in the Roman Empire. I mean, he came at a crazy time, crazy, crazy time. Right. And constantly, he was trying to be pulled into. Well, should we believe this? Should should we listen to this? Should should we stop paying Caesar? Should we? Right. They were constantly trying to, but he was so confident. In his mission, he was so confident in himself. He was so confident in what he was here to do that he was never allowed to be swayed. And that's the example that I always try to use when it comes to, you know, politicizing certain views. You know, because I love what you said. You're one hundred percent right. It's like how can we shout and clap? You know, if, if whether it's a favorable or a non-favorable decision, right. because even in non-favorable decisions. We should still, okay, you know what? But hey, at the end of the day, who's on the throne? Right. Who's in control? He's in control. And our job doesn't change. Our right. our 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 duty to love people doesn't change. Right. Our duty to stand behind people doesn't change. Our duty to love on people and right. and, and and find out, you know what I mean? Like if they are going through a mess and still because that's who we want to be. We don't want right. to be the people that Oh no, like you know what? Like I saw I saw what you posted the other day, or I saw how, you know, driven you are about this issue or how outspoken you are in this and that, you know what I mean? And 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 so instead of drawing them to us, you know, we push them away. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So no, it's definitely like I said, I think uh the just loving people is yeah. huge for me. That's what made the change for me in my life. Um I I went to church. And I remember that day walking into church for the first time and just feeling like I was at home. Mm-hmm. There, Like people were just loving on me. Like, And I was just like, I knew that was it for me. Yeah. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. And just being there and being able to grow. And mind you, I went to church for six months drunk still. Okay. So I still didn't get my act together. I was still a mess. <laughs> I was like, let me sit three seats down away from my mom because I know my mom's going to smell this alcohol on me and I do not want her, you know, but I had it down to like a tea, like, oh, if I drink till this time, I can get up and still function, right? (laughs) So I would still go to, I would go to church for like six months, drunk, hungover, like, oh man, I hope nobody, in my mind, I thought like I was good, but I, but for some reason, I always thought only my mom could smell me, right? I didn't think anybody else could, just my mom. (laughs) And so... Um, is that whiskey? Huh? Like, like, what is that? I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, um, and then one day I just woke up, like you said, I just woke up one day and I was like, I don't want to drink anymore. I'm done. I'm done drinking. I re- it was a Monday morning. I sat up on, the, on my bed and I said, all right, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And I stopped drinking. I've been sober four years now. 
Congratulations. So thank you. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, but it just comes back to being able to walk into a church that loved me. Yeah. Being surrounded by people. Um, and that was four years ago. So that I got sober. So that whole year, still trying to find myself, yeah. who I am. Um, and then COVID hit. And I remember driving home um, and praying and asking God, I want to come out of this stronger than I'm going in. I don't want to die. I don't want to drink. Because mine was an alcoholic going into COVID, right? Yeah. I would have been, I could have easily started drinking and nobody would have known. Yeah. But I knew that I needed to do something to keep me from going back because there's not an option to go back. And so um, it, I was like, I'm going to pick one thing because I have to do everything that's hard in life, right? <laughs> Again, I don't want you to think I'm soft. <laughs> so I decided I was going to work out. I decided I was going to start working out at home. Um, and I was going to start doing squats because that was the only thing I kind of knew how to do. Yeah. And so I started working out at home um, by myself. And every time I wanted a drink or every time I felt like this temptation was coming, I would just work out and I would like YouTube how to work out. And then um, I started documenting my story on social media of okay. me working out. Um, and I had shared with you before, um, I... I decided that I was going to mirror my workout life to my walk with God. And what that meant was there wasn't going to be days, every day I don't want to serve God. And we're going to be honest. Some people may say, oh, you shouldn't say that. But it's the truth. I don't wake up every day in the mood to serve God. Like, God, you want me to be a good person today? <laughs> I don't want to. You know, we yeah. just, that's the truth. But I do it. And we all do it. And we do it because we know it's good for us. We know that it's, um, it's the right thing to help us, right? Yeah. So I decided that I was going to use, I was going to mirror my workout life. I wasn't going to want to work out every day, but it, it's good for me. It's going to yeah. help me. I have, I have asthma. I was like almost 400 pounds. Wow. We're in COVID. I'm so, barely still new sober, you know, yeah. I have all these things against me that could definitely yeah. have put me back. All odds against you. And yeah. so I had to be strong. I had to be. So, um, yeah, I, I started working out and then a couple months later I got COVID and I, every day I would wake up and I would say, you're going to work out. You're going to, you're going to work out no matter what you're going to work out. You're not going to let this settle in, hit my chest, of course, like super bad. And um, I had it. I had it for the long haul, fourteen days, Man. and um, I worked out every single day. I mean, I, I would lay in bed, I would wake up, and I was tired and weak. And all right, Lord, we're gonna do this. You're gonna have to get me through this, right? Yeah. And I moved, and I, I leaned on Him to carry me through that time. And I still documented on social media, like, "Hey, I'm gonna push. We're gonna do this every day. Like, keep going. Like, you know, the good times. I would cry. I would have real." moments of crying and, and real moments were like, Hey, I feel strong. And, and, um, I did that. And, um, in that process, God started showing me what my purpose was. And, um, I decided I wanted to create a platform for people who were struggling mentally, spiritually, and physically. Um, and then that was around the time I met Ruben. Okay. And so he's tough because he would not <laughs> budge for me. I was like trying to get in training sessions with him. And he's like, nope, that schedule don't work. Just I'm like, come on, you can't just like 
give me a spot? Like, no, he was not. Like, he's very on his, you know, loving. But I loved what he stood for. I loved that he was uh, faith-based, you know, like, and this is what it was. And without him knowing, I, like, adopted him to be my mentor. Like, I wanted to do, that's what I wanted for my platform. But I wanted to create a platform for people who were still afraid to go, uh, like, work out in gyms and work out with trainers. I wanted them to see that no matter how busy your life was, um, no matter how much you had going on, that you could do this at home. And so I started doing Zooms. I started doing Zooms at, I think it was 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, me and my friend, I would just work her out every day. She started being successful in her weight loss. We had another friend. All of a sudden, I had you know, 15, 16 people who I'm teaching Zoom to workouts at home, teaching them how to use equipment from home. Wow. And I was showing them that and telling them, like, you got to build a relationship with food. You got to break off these layers. Like it's not going to be easy because as I was teaching them, God was taking off all these layers yeah. from me of why, why, did, why were you hiding? I didn't want people to see me because I, whether I wanted to admit it at the time or not, I didn't want it ever to be um, singled out and people think they can take advantage of me mm. uh, physically. And although th- those things happened when I was a little girl, it, poured into my adult life. Yeah. So, yeah, I was molested and raped, right? So there was a coat to cover me. Yeah. Right? If 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 I'm fat, nobody's going to look at, I'm not going to be wanted. Mm. Okay? That's kind of how you you your thought process is, right? Whether people realize it or not, I I realized it because I was going through it. Right. So, as I started losing weight, and now I have to learn how to take compliments, right? God's telling me like I need you to believe in how beautiful you are as a woman. These things don't define you. Like, I've already showed you these things don't define you. As I'm working out to stay healthy, God's really working on me in my heart and my mind. And I I think that people don't realize how God working out, your mental, all of that is a package. A hundred percent. And if you can't deal with those things, you're going to continue to go on this hamster wheel of gaining weight. And I think that sometimes in society we look at heavy people and think like, oh, this is a choice um, that they've made or, oh, they just allowed themselves to get like that. But we're not getting to the root of what really caused it. Mm -hmm. And so when people join my my team, I'm really pointing into them like, hey, you're going to have rough days. You're going to have to deal with stuff that you didn't have to deal with before. You might even have to realize that as a mom... It's okay to tell your kids, sorry, I'm going to work out. You have to wait. Mm. It's not because I, I want to work out so I can look a certain way. It's because this is what helps me feel strong for you. Right. This is what now helps wives and husbands be better for their spouse, right? Yeah. Because we've gotten so comfortable with putting ourselves on the back burner yeah. and being okay with it. Yeah. Because now my identity is no longer George and Jess, right? It's... Oh, if you're a dad, you're a husband, I'm, you know, I'm a sister, I'm a mom. I'm, I told, I've been a mom since I was 14 years old. I don't know how to do anything but be a mom. Yeah. My identity is my kids. Yeah. And I, the fear was like, what am I going to do when they don't need me? Because I don't know who I am. But finding strength and realizing who I am and God taking these layers off using working out to help me remove those layers and then allowing me to have a platform to show other people this can be done. Yeah. 
You're going to deal with things. It's okay. We don't want, I don't want to see you go up and down. I want to see you be successful for the long haul. Yeah. We're going to do this together. I'm going to cry. You're going to cry. <laughs> you're going to want to quit. I want to quit all the time, but let's do it. And I'm going to yeah. love you through it. I'm going to be here. I'm going to support you. I'm going to check in on you. Now we have a whole community of people who are checking in on each other. And it's like that God really showed me like, I love to help people. That's awesome. What better way than to show them through my story yeah. and my struggle and just keeping it real that's, than to help them be like, it's okay. That's, that's, it's so okay. In, that's so inspiring. And I think that that should be motivation for a lot of people because I think sometimes um, people do question, well, what do I have to offer? Right. You know, some, a lot of people might um, find themselves thinking, what's my purpose? What's my passion? What do I have to offer? But you're a perfect example of someone that has been able to take what you've gone through um, and everything that you've been learning through that, through peeling layers, through right. your weight loss journey, and you've been able to to really um, uh, connect the dots in a lot of those situations. Because it, you know, we I even shared a little bit with you earlier is that you know for even even for you and for me, like we we can relate to that where it took us so long, right? You know, it took us so long to connect the dots. It took us so long, you know, it took me um, going into my 30s to realize that, you know, I was struggling with um, some mental health, you right. know, um, that I was struggling with depression, anxiety, you know, it took um, a, a lot, you know, but now that we've been able to connect the dots or we're connecting the dots still, right. you know, we, we, are, we are able to say, you know what, if we've been able to do this, why not share that knowledge? Right. Why not? Why not share that? Why, you know, we can't just keep that to ourselves. And I think, I think we all have that responsibility, Right. you know, um, I always talk about it cause I heard it one time and I loved how I said, um, you know, that hospital bed you were in, you know, it's time to get off, right? It's time to get off. You've been healed. It's time right. to get off and somebody else needs to lay in that bed. Right. And you need, and now your experience, you have to share that with them. Right. And, and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. And sh t tell us, how, how, how many pounds did you shed off? It's about all together. Because it's you're, about, not, you're, not, you're not, you know, 300 plus no, anymore. it's about 160. Wow. Yeah. So. 160 pounds. Right. Just working out. Um, that's amazing. A, a lot of it I lost working out at home by myself. And, and then um, I... Uh, was finally comfortable to go into a gym setting wow. and work out. And so I documented that journey on social media Man. so that, cause I wanted people to see that, like, it's yeah. a real, it's a real battle. It is. It's a real insecurity. Again, I had these layers that I had to pull off. Yeah. I didn't think I was good enough to be in a gym. I didn't think like, I didn't think that um, I was worthy to feel healthy, like all this stuff. And so I had to deal with that. And so in my mind, again, remember I said in the beginning, I used to pray and ask God, like, let me go through these things so that yeah. I can, my sisters can be safe. This was a different prayer. Like, Lord, let me experience these things so I can help people see that it's okay. Yeah. And I would just start going. I started going. I worked out at home for a long time. I found a small kickboxing place. I went there. Those instructors were amazing. From the minute I walked in, I was there um, the first day. And we were on the last song. I was crying. I wanted to leave. And I just remember him walking up to me telling me, like, 
you're almost done. Don't give up. Keep pushing. And I was like, and I just remember crying through the whole last set, going through it, finishing. And that was my breakthrough to be like, okay, now I can, now I was, now I was like on fire, feeling the strength, because now I was walking strong in my purpose of what I could feel like God, like, and then other people were reaching out to me like, oh my gosh, we seen what you did. Like, we want to work out. Can you help us? And I was like, yes. Like, you know, cause yeah. I can see the more I was moving. And so, um, yeah, then I, then I finally was, Ruben finally made room for me to schedule. <laughs> and we became best friends. <laughs> and so then, Ruben, how come you didn't make room for her? <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> He's still, he was still always like, nope, 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 nope. I'm like, can you see me at four o'clock in the morning? He's like, no, I cannot see you at four o'clock in the morning. Like, um, but yeah, then I started working out with him and that was like huge breakthrough because again, he, he scripture and word and, um, just, in the workouts, he shares a verse every day in his group chats. Like he, you know, he's very open. And, and so there'd be times I'd be in the gym, in his, uh, the gym with him working out and I would be crying, like just having breakthrough mm -hmm. of like moments. And he would say, what happened? Like what's going on right now? Like he kind of guided me through those steps of just yeah. being able to pull off like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Yeah. Like, I'm really freeing all these things that I told myself I couldn't do. Nobody told me I couldn't do these things. I had told myself I couldn't do these things because I felt like I wasn't worthy enough. Yeah. I'm never going to be better than who I am and where I came from. Was just these layers were coming off, and, and he's seen a majority of it. And he can just continue to just guide me through that path and really pour into me all his love, all his knowledge that he had and believed in me in the days that I felt like I can't do this. He's like, you can like, come on, let's go. Yeah. And, and he's still like, yeah, you know, he's still always like, you got this, you can do this. Yeah. And having that in, in, by my side was like, and it was powerful because he loves me with no strings. Like this is a man who loves me. Right for who I am, for his sister in Christ. That's huge for somebody like me who's gone through the things that I've gone through. Yeah. God has placed many men in my life right now who has showed me this love that's healthy. They just want to empower me and show me, like they love me like I'm their kid. Yeah. At 39 years old, these people are loving me like I'm their kid. That's so you good. You know, and it just... So I, I, yeah, that's what I do now. I work out. I have a team. We call, well, this name just came upon, it's the Just Do It team. So just it's J-E-S-S, do, -S -S, do it team. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Just Do It. Yeah, you should make and some t-shirts like that. Just Do It. Just Do It. And <laughs> um, like that. yeah, that, you know, I have, sometimes I have 15 to 20 people that I'm mentoring through their workout Man. journey. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's it's, awesome. it's awesome. It's great because really is. I, I truly am walking in my purpose like I, I tell people all the time like the life I'm living right now is the life that I prayed for mm. and I'm truly blessed it's it's not easy yeah. trust me when you're walking in your purpose so much more responsibility comes on like yeah. how you carry yourself how you react to life to yeah. things that happen like I feel sometimes that maybe it's a little bit more pressure yeah. um, because people are watching me to lead them. Yeah. So I have to 
lead correctly. Yeah. And so then you have people who believe in you. I like Ruben, I'm taking over his class. You know, I took over his class to teach. That's huge. I have my trainer who I'm training with now, Scotty, like he believes in me. He's pouring all his time into like you, you have these people who are literally pouring time and energy into yeah. them. Now you want to make sure that you're, you're using that and pouring into other people and, and just setting that example that, Again, I don't want to serve God every day, but I get up and do it, right? A hundred percent. I don't want to work out every day, but I get up and do it because now that I am removed, I'm still, and I say I am removing these layers. I don't want to say that I I was stuck right there, but I was like, wait, I can't even say that because I haven't removed all of them, Yeah. but let me tell you, I got most of them off. I got the big ones. Yeah. I'm still every day learning how to pull off the little ones, but I know that when it's time for me to pull off those layers, it's because God's getting ready to put somebody in my path that needs to hear that, that's and so that's good. how it happens. And so I'm just going with it. That's so good. That's so <laughs> going good. with it. I, I love it, man. Your story is 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 awesome. <laughs> it's awesome, and it for sure, for sure, it's offbeat. Right. You know, your right. story definitely is offbeat, and thank you so much for sharing. You know your your struggles, your, even those darkest moments that you, that you had to go through, you know, and, you know, but how you've overcome a lot of that, you know, and how you've been able to see God's design in it, right. you know, and, and it's not to say, cause I think a lot of people can misunderstand, um, a lot of times when we say, you know, everything works out for a purpose, right. you know, and sometimes people can think, well, well, why did God why would God allow that to happen or why would God do that? And it's not so much that it's not so much that God causes these things to happen in our lives, but the truth is that we live in a broken world. Right. You know, we live in a broken world. We live, you know, we, God is not that's one thing about God is that God is not looking to control everyone. Right. You know, he's not trying to, you know, make us into robots and and control our every aspect of our life and and just like he can't control our life you know, because that's not who he is. You know, he can't control other people. Right. You know, and there's some evil, bad people in this world that do bad, evil things. Right. You know, but the beautiful thing that I think we can learn through this is that if we allow it to, you know, God is able to turn our mess into something beautiful. Right. We have a choice. I always tell everybody, you have a choice to make. Yeah. And in those moments, you can choose to allow those things to fuel your fire so that you can be great, or you can allow to sit in those moments even longer than you have to. Mm-hmm. I choose to use it to fuel my fire to be great because I truly know now that I was always meant and designed to be great. We all were. Yeah. We just have to believe it. As much as God believed in me and never left my side, I believe in it too. That's awesome. And that's what's important. Yeah. There you guys go. Believe in yourself. Yes. And if Jess can do it, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. If Jess can do it, just do it. Just do it. I love that, man. And um, I commend you so much on what you're doing. Thank Continue you. to do what you're doing. Continue to shine your beautiful light thank in you. this uh, in this broken world. And thank you so much for encouraging us. Um, you know, from a firsthand experience, from everything that you've gone through, from everything that you've lived. Um, I think we can all learn something. And I know the biggest message is just love people. Right. Guys, just love 
on people, especially if you call yourself a Christian, especially if right. you go to church, especially if you if you're part of that community. I want to encourage you, you know, your organization, your religious views, all that. It's good. But you know what? Our people out there, they need more than that. Right. You know, our generation is is they're battling things that we have no idea what they're battling. We have so many young people, man, that are falling into new drugs. Right. All these synthetic drugs. You know, we have so much peer pressure, especially here in the San Bernardino area. This is where we're filming. We're filming right here from the Burdu. And, you know, our community, we need we need more people to to get up, to raise up and to right. say, man, you know what? I'm going to I'm just going to love on our community. I'm just going right. to love on our young people, regardless of where they stand, regardless of what they do. Let's just love on them. And as we love on them, we're going to allow the love of God to just pierce their heart. Because right. once God gets a hold of somebody, it's between them and God. Right. Right. So let's continue to share these offbeat stories. Uh, again, if you have an offbeat story, message me. Message me if you say, man, I got, I have some offbeat stuff. You know what I mean? We're all a little offbeat. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> yes. And that's okay. You know, but our story, our mess, it can be turned into something beautiful. Um, continue to, if you haven't yet, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share it with someone. Share it with a loved one. Um, go follow us on Instagram. We're on TikTok too. All our information and details are going to be on there. I'm going to have Jess, Jessica's um, information on there too. If uh, if you're someone who her story has inspired you, reach out to her. Yeah, reach definitely. out to her. Um, what's your Instagram, Jess? It's Jess Jess ninety eight oh four. Just Jess 9804. And yes. I'm going to put her link uh, right there if you're interested even in joining her group. Yes, you know, definitely so. Yeah, hit her up. Hit her up. Uh, you know, and it's it's going to be life-changing. It's going to be life-changing. Definitely. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys for all the love and the support that you guys have um, shown thus far. We're going to continue to work hard here to bring, bring you offbeat stories because this is Offbeat. Beat podcast. Let's go. Yay. <laughs>